0: This is the Kitzer of Sichhe Beis of Parshas Toledes and Chelek Tezvav, on page two hundred. The Rabbi begins with the pasuk of Vayemer Gur At the time of hunger, Hashem tells Yitzchak, Do not go down to Mitzrayim. You should live here in Eretz Yisrael. So the Medrash says, Gur Amar Mima, you are an Eilah. Ma'yla myotas chutzla claimi nifsalis, just like a karb nailah if it leaves the curtains of the azara, it becomes Pasel. A fat so to you, imyotas chutzlafs. If you're gonna leave Aratisral, you become Pasil. Rashi quotes the words Altai Mitzraim huh? and he says, Shahoya Dita Laredas L Mitraim Kamushiyorad Yet Yitzchak had an idea to go to Mitzraim like his father went. Do not go into Chutz Laret because you are an Eilat Mima and it's not befitting for you. It would seem like, and the Ra'am says so, that what Rashi is saying is similar to the Madrash, that if you leave Zarat Yisrael it becomes possible, like an Eilat that becomes possible, and that's why Chutz Laret is not befitting for him. However, if you look clearly and closely into the words of Rashi, you see that it's not the same thing. The Madrash is pointing out that there's a P'sul. That if he leaves Eretz Yisrael, this is like an oylah that he becomes posel. Rashi does not say posel. All Rashi says is that Chutz is not a place befitting for Yitzchak. Another thing, the Medrash brings the words Gor Baretz azais Rashi brings the words Al Tated So they're focusing on different parts of the Psukim, and this goes together. According to the Medrash, it's the level of kedusha that there is in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore this is the place where Yitzchak has to be, like an oylah that has to be inside the Azara. And the male, if you leave, you become apostle. So the Medrash is focusing on the words, Gur azais. It's the advantage that there is in the land. The Medrash, on the, uh, sorry, Rashi, on the other hand, is focusing on the disadvantage that there is in Chutzlorets, that don't go down to Mitzrayim, because Mitzrayim is not befitting for you. But Rashi is not focusing on the advantage that there is in Eretz Yisrael. And seemingly, the reason for this difference would be explained, that according to the Medrash, already at that point in the time of the Ovest, there was Kedush and Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, the reason for him not to leave is because of the Kedusha. Whereas according to Rashi, at this time in the Ovis, in the time of the Ovis, there wasn't yet any Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael. So that can't be the reason why he's not allowed to leave, but it's rather just the fact that Chutzlaret is a place that's not befitting for Yitzchak. But the truth is that really, even according to the Medrash, there was no Kedusha yet in Eretz Yisrael at this point. We see already earlier the Taita discusses Yitzchak leaving from Eretz Israel. Eliezer had an idea to bring Yitzchak outside Eretz Israel when he would get married, and Avram said that's impossible. And there, the whole concept of Yitzchak being in Eilat is not mentioned at all. So now there's the halacha of leaving Eretz Israel. And the Rambam says that you're not allowed to leave Eretz Israel if you're going uh, permanently, but if you're going to get married or you're going to learn Taita, you're allowed to leave temporarily, but you are allowed to leave permanently if it's a time of a hunger. And uh, from this we can say that in Parshish HaYisada, so since it's to get married, it's over there, we understand why he can't leave to get married, and he would live there permanently if, if his wife doesn't want to come. And that's something that, the, that you don't even need an explanation to say, that he was you're not allowed to leave for the purpose of getting married to stay there permanently. Whereas in this week's parasha, where we're talking about a time of hunger, for a time of hunger, you're allowed to leave. So that's why we're, we have to give the special reason that he's in Laid and therefore he can't, he can't leave. So it would seem. However, this is not the case. And the truth is that in the times of the Ovis, there was no Isra to leave Eretz Yisrael. Because the Rambam says that even in a time of hunger, there's a Midas Chsidis not to leave Eretz Yisrael. And he brings quite a harsh string regarding Machlin and Kilian that were Nashay of Kloya because they left Eretz Yisrael. So if, that, if this would have been in effect at this time, definitely Avram and Yitzhak would have kept this. And we find that Avram actually left Eretz Israel even not in a time of hunger, after the Brisbane Absalom. So it must be that even in, in, in the time of the Ovis, this Isra of leaving Eretz Israel was not yet in effect. Why? Because there was no Kedusha yet at that point. So therefore, we can't say that the difference between Rashi and the Medrash is whether there was Kedusha at that time or not. Everybody agrees there was no Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael as that, at that time. And the fact that Avram didn't want Yitzchak to leave in Parshish Chayisara when he was getting married, that you could explain simply like it says there in the Pasik, because... Since this is the promised land for Yitzchak, so it doesn't make sense for Yitzchak to leave this promised land where his descendants are going to be living. But on this week's Pasha, because it's a hunger, and the land doesn't have any Kedusha yet, Yitzchak was thinking to leave. Other than the fact that he's an Eilet Mima. So therefore the Abishat tells him, if you're an eilat Mimah, you can't leave. But the question now becomes, so if, if this is true, that at this time in the Yavas there was no Kedusha yet in Eretz Yisrael, so how is this reason of eilat Mimah a reason that he shouldn't be allowed to leave? If there's no Kedusha, so then how can you compare this to a carbon in the Azaret, where there's Kedusha, and therefore he can't leave? So the answer is, there's another aspect to Eretz Yisrael, not just the Kedusha, the kenyan of Eretz Yisrael. And now when it comes to the kenyan of Eretz Yisrael, there's also a difference between Rashi and the Medrash. When it says in the Torah, by Brisbane ben Absanim, the Zarah on as Aratz the uses past tense, I've already given it. The Medrash says, it's a Meiseh, it's done, the Ebeshtuk gave it. Rashi says, Ke'ilu Asoye, it's like it's done. So what we see over here is that according to the Medrash and the Zayir Shalmi and Abavli as well, that say that the acquisition was fully done. The Yidin f- assumed full ownership in Eretz Yisrael from that point forward. The Gemara's expression is, Yerushcheh Lechem it's already theirs from then. According to Rashi, however, it's only ki'ilu. The Abish's words are as powerful as if it's done, but it's not yet a full acquisition. So now according to the Medrash, if this was a full acquisition at this point, you would expect that the Kedusha should follow. But it's not so, because there's a difference between before, before and after Matan Before Matan before there's any command yet for mitzvahs, so the mitzvahs that the Oves then did, did not actually affect or transform the object itself. The mitzvahs that was done was the gavra. They, the, the people, they did the mitzvah, but it didn't change the hefter itself to become a hefter of kedusha or a mitzvah. After matan it changes the very hefter itself. It's the same thing also with the kedusha of the land. Even if there is an acquisition of the land, but it doesn't affect any kedusha in the actual land itself. Before matan when there's a divide between al yanim and Tahtainim, that does not take effect yet. So now. We can understand why, according to the Medrash, there is an ownership, but no Kedusha. And here is where there's the machloikist between Rashi and the Medrash. Rashi's opinion is that it's the same thing regarding the ownership of the land. Because the nature of the ownership of Yidin in Eretz Yisrael is different than the nature of any regular ownership, when you just own the object. And that could be then sold to someone else, and it doesn't intrinsically become yours. Whereas when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, the Ebishter fully gives it to the Yidin, that the very land itself, the nature of the land changes, and it becomes the Jewish land. And it's something that's eternal and can never change. And therefore Rashi says, just like regarding the kedusha, this that cannot penetrate the land yet, and there is no kedusha before Matan it's the same regarding the Kenyan. There is no Kenyan yet before, before Matan Torah. Whereas the Medrish makes this distinction. The Medrish says kedusha there isn't before Matan but the Kenyan there is before Matan So therefore now, when it comes to Yitzchak being an aylat Mimah, the Medrish which holds that there is a Kenyan before Matan Torah, even though there is no kedusha yet. The iser of a carbon leaving the azare is actually not related to the kedusha, as it may seem. It's an iser because of the designated area of the carbon. These are the mechitzes, it's a designated area of the carbon. As the Rebbe brings a few examples, that this is learned from the pasik, that anything that has its designated area, whether it's kachekachem, whether it's kachem kalem, or even by the carbon pesach that's supposed to remain in its group, or even when you have a, a, the limb of an animal that was stuck out before the shchite anything that leaves its designated area becomes possible, not related to the kedusha. So therefore, according to the Medrish, although there was no kedusha, but there was the full acquisition of Yedin in Eretz so this becomes the place of Yitzchak, which is an Ayla HaTzmima, and therefore he can't leave Eretz Yisrael. Whereas according to Rashi, Eretz Yisrael does not have that kedusha and also not a level of acquisition yet. And therefore, that can't be the reason why he can't leave. Rather, as Rashi already told us before, that Eretz Yisrael is a place that the Elisha is not recognized as a L'kei shemayim. The Lakea audits, Davis is only a Lakeia Shemayim. And the truth is, even in Eretz Yisrael, the people in Eretz Yisrael, that it became Alekei audits, but only externally. Hirgaltiv. the people speak about the E-bishtu, but not necessarily that it changed their behavior. So therefore, according to Rashi, remaining in Eretz Yisrael is not because of the advantage and what's special about Eretz Yisrael itself. It doesn't have the Kedusha yet, and there's no acquisition yet, and even the people there didn't necessarily change their behavior, but it's because of the disadvantage of the environment of Chutzla It's a place where there is no Alekei audits. The Eretz is not known there, and the people are not accustomed about speaking about the Abishra. And that's why Rashi focuses on this point of The difference between the approach of Rashi and Medrash is that the Madrash looks at things from a more ruchni perspective, which is what Madrash is. And therefore, the Madrash says that the Ebishter's words are powerful enough that from a ruchni perspective, they have their effect. Even before Matan Tereh, although the Kedusha didn't take effect, but at least the Kenyan did impact the land at that point. And, um, but on the other hand, Rashi, which interprets things more on a simple level, in the Pshut Mikra, tells us that the ownership of Yidin does not take effect at that point yet. It only takes effect at the time of Matan and afterwards when the Yidin actually enter into the land B'mayseh and come and conquer the land. But from that point forward, once Yidin conquered the land it becomes a Yiddish land eternally. It becomes intrinsically an Eretz Yisrael, by T'midi, as we explained before.